and welcome to Urban Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is the college football pick'em show. I am your host, Nate. Dante is out this week. Um, we are hoping to get him back next week. Unfortunately, we do work our nine to five jobs. Um, and this week has been a little chaotic, uh, last two weeks for him. So we wish him well. He's in good spirits, nothing too serious, just absolutely swamped. Um, hopefully, someday our goal is to turn this into our full-time jobs. And with your guys' support, um, we will hopefully get there someday. But as of now, we just do this out of the, the fun of it. Um, and so, and to give you guys some some ways to make some money, hopefully. Speaking of that, we are now nine and two in the college football season. We're doing just great off to a fiery start, and we're going to hopefully get some wins this week. I mean, it's a it's a tough board off the bat, though. Um, no, no doubt about it. Next week's slate is whew, I I'm already excited. I've reserved my couch. I told everybody that, hey, I don't care what plans are this week. Next weekend, I'm sitting down. And we're watching some college football. We're going to be doing the same here this weekend. Spend a little time down at Cincinnati Oktoberfest. Um, if you haven't listened already, the NFL pod came out yesterday. It's a good one. We break down all the games, give out a couple bets we've got going on. We're going to do the same here this week for the college football series. We're not going to do obviously all the games, but we'll break down some of the bigger games this week. And I think that starts us right off with LSU Mississippi state. The line is set at nine and a half over under is 53 and a half. And this, this is a game where I do have a bet on. Um, as I was breaking it down, you know, we started to, I started to kind of think about this and how could this Mississippi State team cover this number if they're going to, you know, pull up? I don't think they're going to pull an upset, but even if they're trying to cover the nine and a half, you know, is this team capable of covering that figure? And I just, I don't have a lot of confidence in that. And the reason being is there's a couple logical reasons here. One, unfortunately, there was the past tragic or past tragic passing of Mike Leach last year. Um, now, in steps a new coach to fulfill those shoes, but the team has been recruiting and built to do the air raid offense. That was Leach's signature. The line was built for that. His players were built for that. I mean, Will Rogers is one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, um, and he has been used to the air raid scheme. You know, Instep's a new coach. They're looking to be way more balanced, um, which just isn't in their DNA. Uh, you know, Will Rogers only complete only attempted 17 pass attempts against Arizona. And when they were passing the ball, it was a lot of screens. And you know what? That isn't going to cut it against this LSU team. This LSU team, while their corners are certainly undersized, is still very fast. They like to come up and make plays. The only way you can really, you know, attack this team's weakness is what Florida state did. And it is to go out and, and attack that secondary in the deeper part of the fields um, and use size to your advantage. And I just, I don't have a ton of faith that Mississippi state's going to do that based off what I saw in that Arizona Mississippi state game. When I went back and watched that this week um, and instead they're probably going to be running right into the teeth of this LSU defense. And they're still very good up front um, in the trenches. I think they're going to absolutely win this game. And then you flip the side, you know, this LSU offense, Arizona had some success against this Mississippi State defense. Obviously, they took them to overtime last week. And, you know, JT Daniels has a very similar skill set as what we saw in that Arizona game, only it's better. 
And Chip Kelly, there's a giant coaching difference here. Chip Kelly does not lose these types of games. And generally speaking, he covers these games. He beats the teams he's supposed to beat um, in, in pretty good fashion here. So I did go ahead and bet the nine and a half. It's going to be on the card this week. I do like LSU. I just think matchup wise, you know, if if this Mississippi State team was still running the air raid offense, um, if they had a little bit bigger size at the wide receiver core, I would feel uncomfortable picking LSU. But from everything the coaching staff has been saying, from the way they've been playing so far into this season for the first two weeks, nothing suggests that they're going to really open it up. Now, maybe they're playing, you know, a little possum here. You know, maybe they're they're not giving everything away because they had this game circled, but I'm not willing to bet money on that. I'm going to take LSU. They've got the better athletes. The offense is designed to take advantage of this Mississippi State defense, and I just don't think the offense's scheme and what they're running best suits what Mississippi... I mean, this is similar to Wisconsin, and we talked about this with Wisconsin. You know, Luke Fickle is is trying to change the DNA of that team, but that DNA is so... It, it's so, The way that team is structured is so ingrained in that school that it's going to take a year or two to really start to undo that a little bit. And that's what's happening here at Mississippi state. And they're just, they're not ready to compete. So I did go ahead and I I laid a a wager on LSU nine and a half. And we did go ahead and and play that Um, next game on the board that we're going to talk about South Carolina versus Georgia. And my God, folks, Uh, the line is at 27 and a half over under is 54. The disparity and gap in trench play between these two teams is as big as the Grand Canyon. I mean, the South Carolina offensive line might as well be an open dam because everybody's flowing through on that one. Um, They can't block anything up front. And Spencer Rattler, to his credit, though, I'm not a big Spencer Rattler guy, but he's been fantastic. He's been getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He has to because of the pressure he's seeing and the inability to block anything up front. And now you're going to face this Georgia team, which Georgia is a hard one because we heard kind of rumblings from Kirby. There's a lot of talk about complacency and making sure this team didn't get complacent. And it seems like they've sort of slept walk, you know, the the first two games. There's not a lot of juice um, when you watch Georgia right now, but the talent disparity is enormous. The dudes up front on both the offense and defensive line is dramatic. Um, if this team gets going for that first SEC game, which I'm sort of think they're going to, this could be really bad. I mean, UNC was able to sack Rattler nine times. UNC. And that defense is slightly improved, but it's nothing special. And you're going up against this Georgia front, which could, by the end of the season, if they really turn it up, could be the best we've seen so far, which is a scary thought to think about. But there is loads of talent across the boards there. Um, and so I, I just, it's just, what are we going to get from Georgia in this one? I haven't bet it, but if Georgia turns it on, this is going to be a massacre because you've looked at the offensive line. It's a cupcake schedule, but they haven't gotten much push up front. Defensive line hasn't gotten great penetration, but the question is always, you know, where is this team mentally? Um, it is the SEC opener for them. I I think that should probably get their juices going a little bit, should get some energy in there. But but Kirby's talked a lot about complacency with this team, and that that is concerning. And with a number at 27 and a half and the way Rattler has been playing, you know, 
in past seasons, he's thrown a ton of turnover worthy balls. He's, I mean, South Carolina has the most turnovers in the sec the last two seasons. So, but this season he, he hasn't been doing that. Um, he's looked a lot better, which is crazy because he's had no time, but he's looked fantastic. Um, and it's, it's really shot his draft prospects up. Um, this is just, there's just the disparity is, I cannot talk about it enough folks. Like the disparity is so big between the line play that I just, I do not have a lot of faith, um, in this. I, I, I think this game could get really ugly, but they're at 27 and a half. There's a big opportunity for a backdoor cover here late in the game. Um, especially if Georgia isn't really showing up, if they're sleepwalking again. But like I said, I, it's the SEC opener. You'd hope that they would they'd put their best foot forward, but we'll see. A game that is very interesting to me is Minnesota, North Carolina. Line is set at seven and a half, seven and a half. Um, over under is at 51 and a half. And this is a battle of scheme and kind of what you think could happen here because the these are two very stylistically opposite teams. Minnesota is a run heavy. I mean, they, if they could, they would run the ball every single down. Um, the pass offense looks atrocious um, and has regressed dramatically. I mean, but you, you lose your bell cow back, your absolute workhorse. You lose some key guys on the offensive line. You lose Tanner Morgan. There's a lot of, of missing pieces here, but the running back, has stepped up for Minnesota. It's not been a dramatic dip. It's just that pass game absolutely terrifies me. And so the battle here is, is there enough on the Minnesota defense to keep UNC somewhat contained? UNC is going to score. Drake May is too good. Um, UNC is going to score, but can they keep them close enough that they don't have to get outside of their scheme and running the ball and really have to open it up? Because if they have to open it up, this this is going to be a, this number is going to get blown through without question. UNC is covering this, but can they keep it close? I think there's a real opportunity here, especially with the new clock rules. Um, you know, there's no true weapon with te- um, with Walker being deemed ineligible, which is a story with in and of itself, which we'll talk about here um, in a minute uh, with Tez Walker. But they they lack that true number one threat, but they've still shown pretty decent. The defensive line, like we said earlier, looked great in the South Carolina game, got great push up front. They were they were in a dogfight with a, a pretty good Appalachian State team last week. Um, I think Drake May came out and said something to the effect of like, that game is essentially like getting a B for a test you didn't study for, which I, I don't know why we weren't studying for that because last year App State gave you a, a gave you a test as well, but okay. Um they got the win and all that. That's all that matters from their perspective. But stylistically, you know, this if if Minnesota defensively could keep this close, which I think they can, then they don't have to get outside their rushing game. And they can just run the ball, drag out a ton of cl- clock and, and make this a mud fight. Uh, but if they have to open it up, ooh, it's going to go off the rails quickly. So. This may be a bet that if you're wanting to bet this game, we might look live into it and wait wait to see the first couple of possessions, see what kind of push this uh, this Minnesota offensive line is getting um, and what the defense looks like. 
I have not pulled the trigger on a bet on this one. I don't know if I'm going to. You know, I might tease it down to essentially a pick them. Um, I think there's a couple candidates for some teaser bets this week. Um, and this could be this could be one. I, I like it a lot better if you can tease it down because I do think UNC is going to get the win here. Um, but I, I, I'm not pulling the trigger at, at seven and a half. The Tez Walker thing, though, is, is very interesting because when we look back at sort of the death of the NCAA, because that's sort of where we're headed, at least for football, you know, there's always going to have to be an organized body to to kind of patrol the rest of the sports. But it it, it becomes each and passing day more likely that football is going to break off and do its own thing. I think the way this Tez Walker thing plays out could be the death stroke for, for the NCAA because there are rumblings that UNC might just say, screw you, do something about it and just play Walker. Like there's the, you know, there was an immediate uh, emergency board meeting this week. Mac Brown apparently showed up to it. Um, the university is fully behind Walker. It is absolutely ridiculous what the NCAA is doing to him in preventing him from playing this season. But, no duh. The NCAA sucks. They are out for themselves. They don't give a shit about the kids. Um, that has been clear throughout the history of the NCAA. One of the worst organizations out there. And that's saying something because FIFA exists. But the NCAA is truly garbage. Um, but there's, I think, a, a, a real possibility here that the UNC might say, you're essentially a toothless organization at this point. We're daring you to do something. We're going to play him anyway. Screw you. We don't care if you chop off a couple wins, you know, next year off our, our season total. We don't give a damn. Like, we're not going to compete for a national championship, but we need to give Drake May a true number one wide receiver. We need to stay behind our guy um, and push this forward. This could be the death stroke. Let's see what UNC does, but it seems like they're about to play chicken with the NCAA, and it's going to be very interesting. Um. A big game on the board. Rivalries this week. Backyard brawl. I absolutely love it. This is one of my favorite rivalries on the board. Um, it, 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 This is one of those things that we lost with conference realignment. I'm so glad they've gotten back to it. Pitt versus West Virginia. The line has moved a little bit. Pitt is now plus two and a half. West Virginia is the favorite over under 47 and a half. Um, I like Pitt in this one. I think they're a little bit better than public perception right now. We talked about them a little bit in the preview episodes for college football. I do think they 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 get this one out. Mostly, it's it's more of a bet against West Virginia. West Virginia stinks right now, which is really unfortunate. Um, maybe you go back to the well with Rich Rod and see if you can't get them back at West Virginia because they have really taken a dip. West Virginia athletics are in a very tough spot both men's basketball and men's football. Um, but this is this is a play against West Virginia, the football team. I don't have a lot of faith in them. I don't think they're very good. Um, so I, I'm playing against them. Um, Florida versus Tennessee. Big matchup here. Um, Florida is the underdog in this. It's six and a half over under 50 and a half. Oh, man. Tennessee, we talked about expectations for Tennessee coming into this season and how there was going to be a dip in that offense. It makes sense. You lose four key players to the NFL drop draft, all within the top 74 picks. 
Um, and you replaced Hendon Hooker with Joe Milton, who seemingly has been in college for 20 years now. Um, and all we continue to hear is this arm strength and the talent, but he has never really shown up on the field. I mean, he he lacks touch 110%. He throws the same ball on a 60-yard go route as he does for a 10-yard slant. Like that, it, it's the exact same pass every time. It's just a missile. Um, we are starting to get more data on this team, though, now that we have two games in and, and we're seeing the, the drop-off. They're averaging about three and a half yards less per pass attempt than last season so far. Um, and while the Florida defense isn't great, and we saw that in the Utah game, they're big enough up front to really stuff the run and put this on Joe Milton. And he's going to be going into the swamp. And the swamp has chewed out and spit out better quarterbacks than him before. It is one of the toughest environments in college football. He hasn't been as mobile on the feet. I know people were, you know, the highlight was last week, stiff arm, but come on now. Like, we're watching this. It's There are certainly going to be some opportunities here. This Florida team is so bad, but they need they need a win in the worst way. This is arguably a must-win game for Billy Napier because we are now getting into the depths of sort of recruiting season. These early games impact recruiting immensely. You just have Miami in the state of Florida pull off a big win against Texas A&M, which we predicted on this show. You've got Florida State rolling. you got UCF getting going in your own backyard. Um, we now have Texas who pulled off a big win in Alabama and is going to start chipping into that SEC pipeline as they now move over to the conference. Like you got to get a win. You got to get on the board. You got to show that this thing is moving in the right direction. I just worry about Graham Mertz and all the pieces around this. Six is a lot. I have put Tennessee into some teaser bets to tease it down to a pick them. Um, you're probably sensing a trend here. I, th- I think Tennessee could get it, but I'm not very, it's a very, very, very small bet. And it's, it's mostly shorting this full. Ah, oh, man, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to hate myself, but I, I think Florida, Florida is probably the play here. Let's, let's go Florida. Florida is the play on this one. I, I don't like it. I don't love it. I wish I didn't have to bet it. But I got to give out a play for a big game like that. And we're going to go with that. Um, Penn State versus Illinois. There's a couple trends going on here in this game. This is going to be a good one to sort of start to get a measuring stick for how good Penn State can be this season. Uh, The total has gone over in five of Penn State's last five road games. Uh, Penn State is also 5-0 straight up. Uh, total has gone over for Illinois six of the last seven games when playing at home against Penn State. Uh, Illinois is seven and three straight up in the last 10 home games. I do. If Penn State can't take advantage of this down secondary of Illinois, I think that the, the people like myself who thought they could really compete for a Big Ten championship and make a push for the playoffs this season might need to, we're not going to hit the panic button, but we're certainly putting it out on the desk. Like that thing is coming out because this is it. We talked about this in the Kansas game. It's the reason why we bet Kansas last week, because 
Illinois just lost too much in that secondary. Um, and it, there's there's a real ability to kind of take advantage of that here in this game. Let's see what Drew Alar looks like here. Um, the other thing I'm very interested in, we, we talked about this in the preseason breakdown for Penn State and sort of trying to project what they could be this season. The defense is really great, in my opinion. I think it has a chance to be really great this season. The one weak spot or Achilles heel that could potentially be there is that interior part of the defensive line. It lacks size. Um, and Brett Bielema is very outspoken. His philosophy is very clear. They are going to try to run in between the guards. They're going to try to hit you up the middle. Um, O-line is his signature. This O-line's a little down this season, I think. Um, but let's see what kind of push this defensive line can get on the interior. Let's see how they play, because that's going to be a real big measuring stick for how we attack the rest of this season um, and how we we probably go about, about betting this team. All right. Um, so let's see what Penn State can do there. Sorry, I had to, to run out real quick. So coming back in hot here. Um, a game that I cannot figure out the line for, I have placed a wager, is Kansas State, Missouri. Um, Missouri is somewhat baffling to me. I do not fully understand it. There seems to be an unwillingness to unleash the passing game here, which can be shown to be effective. Um, but because they are refused to do that, I think Kansas State is the play here. I went ahead and, and put a wager on them. Their defensive line gets good push up front. This is a really well coached team. Um, we sort of talk about them every year that they're just they're solid. They don't make too many mistakes. Um, and so if you're going to refuse to to kind of unleash a passing game here for Missouri, um, this Kansas State team is going to wear you down. Um, so I do like them at four. That is one bet. That's another bet we have or I have gone ahead and placed. Um, and so outside of that, oh, Duke at 18 and a half. I also went ahead. We took that against Northwestern. Northwestern is bad. I mean, they're really bad. Um, this That's a bet that we feel pretty solid about. Um, so that's what I've got this week. Not Nothing too crazy. It's a relatively bad board. Um, I am eyeing the over in the Washington uh, Michigan State game. Might give that out on our social media. So make sure you're following us at Trophy Kids Pod um, on both on Twitter and Instagram. I'll give out the full card um, and give out some additional bets there. Hopefully, we have another good week. Let's see what we got. Oh, Colorado. I'm not betting the game, but Colorado's about to hang 50 on Colorado State. That was the dumbest thing that Jim Norvell could have ever done. What an idiot. Absolute brain dead idiot. Deion Sanders is going to hang a 50 burger on you this weekend. Um, I'm very interested for that Oregon Colorado game next week. I do think Colorado is going to win that game. I also going to be betting on, or sorry, Oregon is going to win that game. I am going to be betting on Oregon next week. I think last week against Nebraska, while they did win, um, showed, highlighted the weaknesses of that line, but Colorado state ain't pushing them. Give me a break. Um, that that's going to be an embarrassment. So that'll do it for us. Just a quick hitter this week. Uh, nothing too crazy. We'll be back hopefully in full force next week. Make sure to check out the NFL podcast. A lot of good stuff. There some good bets in there. Went two and zero last night in the Thursday night game. So we're rocking and rolling with the season. We're nine and two in college football, hopefully going to go ahead and, and, bump those numbers up continually, have another good week. Um, but let's get after it. And as always, peace.